Okay, welcome everybody to this episode of The Cinnamon Roll. I'm Karima Kay, and I'm joined here by my lovely friend, Jessica Laurie. Hey everyone, so excited to talk about this episode. A lot of things happened. Yeah, so today we are continuing our discussion of The 100, Season 5. This episode was titled Pandora's Box, and... Um, yeah, a lot of things came out, came out into the light, maybe not necessarily to us, but to a lot of the characters in the show. I'm kind of finding out, reuniting with each other and then finding out kind of a lot of different little things about what each individual group has been up to the last six years. This episode was definitely a setup episode for you know, building up for the rest of the season. I know you and I were texting back and forth about that earlier. Yeah, definitely a bridge episode. Um, I think a lot of these things happened. All the reunions was just to get us from point A to point B. I did think some things were rushed because they were trying to pack everything in so they could move on, I think, to their next storylines. But I still enjoyed it, and I thought it was a really solid episode. Yeah, I think you enjoyed it more than I did, for sure. This was the first episode, and it's only the fourth episode, but this was the first out of the few that we've gotten from this season that I'm not really disappointed, but the first time that I wasn't like, oh my goodness, this one is even better than the last one. It's kind of been a running thing where I'm like, well, this episode is even better than last week. And this is the first time that I was like, it's as good as some of the earlier episodes of this season but to find out and a lot more that is going to happen so definitely not a disappointment just for me not as strong as the first three yeah I can agree with that to me it's even though I felt like it was still strong it's definitely one of the weakest so let's actually jump right into it into the beginning so we open with Kane in the arena and we finally know um why he was um put there so supposedly he stole medicine and we find out it was for Abby we find out that she is alive so what do you think we were definitely wrong about that we had kind of predicted that she was wrong and I think Paige Turco (laughs) knew that we would speculate that because we hadn't seen her at all until now because she was just radio silent on Twitter the last few weeks and then when it was revealed that she was kind of locked up in this room. She put it on Twitter, surprise, you know, I'm alive. I'm actually here. So it's like, look <laughs> at you being sneaky over there. But yeah, Kane finally got to do, or one of the many times where he has attempted to sacrifice himself for somebody else. It never really works out for him. He never actually gets to die for somebody else. He's been wanting no. to do that for the last four, now five seasons, and it's still not coming true for him. So one day, Kane, you'll get there, just not this time. So he he wasn't trying no. to do that the first time because we find out later that Octavia has this power to not only spare your life or take your life, but tell you whether or not you have to fight again. Yeah. He... um the beginning part really hurt me and it made me think back and I felt like Kane had killed people before, but it almost was like this is the very first time he had, or at least all the frustrations of the past six years he, mm. you know, let out on this one guy. But um, yeah, he, I don't think he actually had in like face-to-face combat before. I think on the arc, like he was part of decisions to space people but to float people. But yeah, I don't think he's actually had to... Yeah. Yeah, I think for the most part, he's been really detached from, quote unquote, murder. 
he's definitely had his name attached to it, but I don't think he had that kind of emotional kind of turmoil, emotional kind of thing that happens when you are taking somebody's life with basically your bare hands. And I think also he's just very kind of war weary in a way that, you know, we talked about, oh, Bellamy and Space Crew haven't had any, you know, major conflict like that in six years and neither has Maddie or Clark. So, but it's different for the people that were in the bunker, you know, war did not stop and this kind of fighting and tension did not stop in the bunker it continued and in some ways I think escalated and so I think he's just really tired emotionally and so you could definitely see that when he's fighting and I think that's why he decided that he was going to give up in the end it's not something that he wanted to do I think he was hoping he would only have to do it once I think he was definitely hoping okay I'm going to fight once maybe I'll win once and then if I win then I'll be free I don't think that he was expecting Octavia to tell him that he was going to fight again. And it was sad for me to watch their relationship. I think the Kane-Octavia relationship was really cool to see develop, especially in season three and in season four, this kind of father-daughter kind of, kind of like pseudo-father-daughter. Like he doesn't really treat her like a daughter, but I don't really know how else to explain it. But there's definitely kind of a connection and a kind of paternal kind of instinct that I think Kane has towards Octavia. And so that was really cool to see. And so it was really sad to see his disappointment in her and her disdain for what he's doing, but also this kind of sadness that she's having to do it because she feels like she doesn't want to put him through that she doesn't want him to die but she's created this set of laws that have to be followed to the letter and so she feels like she really doesn't have a choice yeah let's talk about octavia what do you feel of her character development to me she felt a little bit i feel like we actually didn't get to see that much she felt a little bit one note to me she felt like this like she we ended began the six years with her saying you are the um you're with one crew or you're the enemy of one crew choose and she's still saying that she's almost like a broken record like still that same intensity what do you think of like her six-year character development like I think it's one of those situations where she kind of has ended up turning into what she hates I think she used this Hmm. making death the enemy that Jaha fed her as a means to unite the crews and it did that but then she had to keep doing it and so now I think she's kind of trapped in this she feels like she's trapped in this cycle where okay now I can't not make death the enemy like this is how it is the same way that it was on the arc essentially like Mm -hmm. these are the rules we can't bend or change the rules for anyone we can't show mercy You know, we can't do these things um, that would be compassionate or merciful. And so I think she feels that she has to do that. So I think that this whole, like, you are one crew, you're the enemy of one crew, ideally should have worked in the beginning to unite everybody and then should have kind of tapered off as hopefully at some point people would start to not live, you know, completely harmoniously, but get to a point of routine and you know 
people taking personal responsibility instead of people having to be accused and then thrown in a fighting pit. But I think just the intensity and the tension just mm-hmm. has ramped up for her so much in this need to, I don't think she's, I don't think she's like hungry for power, but I think that she thinks that there's no other way to live anymore. Like it's, it can't be any other way. She's kind of stuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think of um, Bellamy and Clark. I felt like they were becoming more um, three-dimensional leaders. Like, they they still wanted to be merciful in some ways. Um, Octavia still doesn't – she doesn't really know how mm-hmm. to be a leader. I think she's still more of a warrior, mm-hmm. and she's just stuck in this role. Um, which, speaking of Bellamy and Clark, we were in three places in this episode. We were in the um, bunker, the valley, and in space. And so let's talk about the long-awaited – I mean, last week we had the Balark reunion, but this week they actually got to talk to each other. And so they finally reunited, and I thought – I really liked the scene. I didn't think it was, um, it was more quiet and soft. It was just sweet. Like, and you really felt their bond and their friendship. Like, not just even shipping-wise, like, how palpable it was in the scene. What did you think about it? Honestly, I was kind of disappointed. Um, I was kind of disappointed. (laughs) A lot of people were. (laughs) Now, it was very sweet. I think you're right. It was sweet. It wasn't maybe I built it up too much in my head. Um, it wasn't everything I could have wanted or dreamed or imagined. Um, but also everything Mm -hmm. I could want or dream or imagine is it's a little too early for that. So, you know, you know, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I think that the ending of episode three was definitely the best part of them coming back together yeah I thought their kind of like face-to-face reunion was a little it was just really underwhelming to me sweet still but not that does not rank very high for me in terms of Bellark hugs (laughs) (laughs) it's true it I felt like a lot of we had so many reunions in this episode which we'll get to more later but I felt like for the most part most of the reunions were rushed. There was one that I thought was pretty good, but none of them were like, oh, I'll remember that. Like, really the beginning of season two, you mm. know, that those reunions. Do you remember those with, like, the Balark hug and then Octavia and Clark and all of those re- reunions felt more mem- yeah. memorable than these. But, I mean, it was still a sweet moment. It was, yeah. like, a mature moment. I thought it was very quiet. And I feel so like... I I, I thought it was adorable yeah. when, like, he went into the cell and, like, you couldn't really see him, but, like, you could hear that he was, like, running around to the bench where she was. That was adorable. Oh, I didn't. You need to watch it again. He's, like, once that. he gets in there, he's, like, he doesn't re-watch. just walk. Like, he's, like, running <laughs> over to where she is. Oh, I don't know. Gosh, and it, okay. I feel like I almost get a sense that they almost, like, <laughs> don't know what to do with each other. Like, what, what kind of... He's, like, shocked, like, mm-hmm. how are you even alive? And she's like, I didn't even know you were coming. And it's one of those things where it's like, I've been talking to you over the radio for six years, and now that you're here, I don't know what to do. Um, I don't know. I thought yeah. – I'm jumping ahead just a little bit, and we'll get to it, and we'll get to it eventually. But I thought that Octavia – I thought that Octavia and Bellamy's reunion was the best of the episode. I think it's the best reunion That's- other than the – ending scene of last episode the way that their reunion panned out was probably more of what I would have expected from Bellamy and Clark 
that's kind of what more of what I was I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the reunion I was talking about. I felt like yeah. that was the strongest reunion of the episode. It was a little more Emotional. epic and fun, and I I just really love it. I love the um yeah exactly. I love the Blake siblings too. So it was I'm really good. Happy they got a good yeah. Reunion. So then we get that reunion, and then we finally get to the point where I, I totally called it, and I'm sure a lot of people listening did too. That the <laughs> mining equipment is what is used to get the people out of the bunker and Bellamy uses I just forgot his name for like a split second mm. okay. it's what Bellamy used so Bellamy uses his <laughs> Bellamy How uses his leverage to get them to get them out of the bunker and then they agree okay you s- we'll split the valley in half you'll have one half and we'll have one half and hopefully that should be enough for everybody and of course Dioza and her cronies are doing everything they can to disrupt what Raven is doing up in space so that they can get can they can regain control of the the cryo chambers, I guess. Um, so trying to figure that out. So we kind of have this nonverbal kind of back and forth between Shaw and Raven during that, which I thought was interesting. And I was like, are they mm-hmm. building this up to something? I don't know, but you're making this really complicated for me because you got Raven and Murphy alone together up in space, and now you have, like, this Shaw guy down here that's also kind of flirting with her in a way through code. Okay. So I didn't know this was a thing, but I went on Tumblr and I was actually looking up Murphy Raven stuff because I'm become fast becoming trash for them. <laughs> but um, there was a lot of a lot of stuff with people already shipping Shaw and Raven, and it's a huge thing. And I didn't realize that. And now people are torn because they like either Murphy or Shaw. They're just like you. They're torn. And so I was like, I didn't know this was a thing, but it was super cute, and I am interested to see how that's going to pan out. It was out. kind of adorable. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and now I'm like, what are you doing to me, writers of the 100? Like, are you trying to create a ship war? Because this is how you create a ship war. Like, this is exactly how you create it. So because yeah. we have, like, Raven and Murphy playing adorable soccer games up in space. And then you have, like, Raven and Shaw, like, sending back code to each other. Like, oh, I'm going to get you. Uh, no, you're not. And it's just like, What? Why? Why would you do this to your fan base? <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be entertaining, you know, um, but I'm just like Yeah, I'm a little bit at a loss for words for what's happening right now. You know, some people have a theory, um, that, you know, Bellamy and Clark, it's about time to if they're gonna get them together, get them together like mm-hmm. at the end of this season or beginning of next, and they're like, We need a new slow burn couple and so they're wondering if they're like setting up um. Raven like with some sort of yeah and i'm like that's an interesting thought i don't know that's an interesting thought i can see that maybe i don't know we'll see yeah um Mm -hmm. so do we so let's talk more about raven and murphy up in space so raven seems more stressed than what has seemed normal for her recently she seems really Mm -hmm. kind of overcome normally she's like confident like yeah i got this i can do this blah 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 you know, but here she yeah. seems very on edge and kind of like the ends of her just very frayed. Like it was like Murphy could just say one thing and she just kind of goes off the edge. Yeah, she um, I was trying to think back. Um, you did a more recent rewatch, but has she ever had the decision on her shoulders like Clark has Bellamy has of 
like, you know, hundreds of people that could die. I don't think she has yet, like, mm. actually faced that. I'm trying to remember. No, I don't think so. At least definitely not on this level where she has hundreds of lives on the line for sure. Yeah, even if they are bad people, mm-hmm. it's still human lives. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that makes sense why she's on edge. And um, I am jumping ahead a little, but we are kind of talking about them in space. But the Murphy-Raven conversation where he, Murphy makes a, you know, a smart aleck remark um, about, oh, you're coming to hang out with the people you may have to kill. And she just gets upset. And Murphy actually looks really upset that he upset her. Yeah. Right? I was was like, character growth. (laughs) And I love, that was one of my favorite moments of the episode was that conversation that showed six years does make a difference because the space crew became this, like, you're right, this family. You mentioned this before, like, this unit, this family in space, this bond. And um, Murphy and Raven already had, like, this weird, strange bromance going on. But I think their bond's a little stronger because of it, and Murphy, and they've changed. It's been six years. But um, I really liked seeing that character growth, and I felt like the actor killed it in this episode, like, yes. in certain moments. Yeah, Richard Harmon. I really enjoy him. Richard Harmon is amazing. He's done such a great mm-hmm. job all the way through, and he he gets a lot of credit. He needs even more credit than he currently gets. He's great. Yes. And I think through that conversation, you could definitely see how... How Murphy views himself and how Murphy views Raven. Mm -hmm. I think Murphy still views himself as this cockroach because he even calls himself that. Oh, they call me the cockroach, which is, you know, we we all say things like that. Like, oh, well, they call me this and when they call me that. And you say it as like a joke, but there's a part of you that believes it. You know, that kind of self-deprecating humor, like using an insult that's used for you as a joke there's a part of you that kind of believes it, I think. And so he still sees himself as this kind of gross, dirty, underworld creature who doesn't have a problem doing what it takes to, quote unquote, survive. You know, mm-hmm. he's always trying to do a, what is a survivor's move? What would a survivor do? And so he sees himself as this person, this murderer who could. And he is a murderer. Like, he legitimately is a murderer. He, mm-hmm. you know, murdered the people that tried to hang him. He wanted to you know, kill Charlotte. He's done lots of messed up stuff and he still sees himself as that person. So he sees himself as a person that could kill almost 300 people without batting an eye. And, but I think at this point we're supposed to not forget the the horrible things that he's done, but realize that he is, he's a different person, maybe not completely different, but he's definitely shown a lot of growth. And so and I think that's evidence towards the end of the episode with the decision that he makes, mm-hmm. okay? And so yes. he sees himself <laughs> as this cockroach, and he sees Raven as somebody who is not really... I wouldn't say he doesn't think that she's capable of doing it, but that she shouldn't have to because of how... Not pure, but just how awesome that she is, that she shouldn't have to get her hands dirty. But his hands are already dirty, so it's totally fine if he does it. Yeah, I think he has, um, from the beginning, he's had a massive amount of respect for Raven. I think out of all of the hundred, I think he respects her the most. Mm-hmm. 
and um which i really enjoy i just really enjoy even if they don't get shipped i just really enjoy that friendship and that dynamic Mm -hmm. i just think it's interesting and i think it's important because i think raven um while she had disdain for murphy i think she's kind of come around to him and views him not as a friend but just as someone that is worth more than what even he believes Mm -hmm. and um and speaking of, you mentioned how Murphy just views himself as someone who will do whatever he can to survive, and I really think that is one of the themes of this season, how life is more than just surviving um, and, you know, just staying alive, but what does being alive mean? What does living really mean? And um, that brings me, let's kind of go back down to the bunker, because that makes me think of the conversation between Abby and Kane. There were a lot of great conversations in this episode. There was mm-hmm. like an episode of moments. And um, and Abby again says this line to Kane, we did what we had to to survive. And Kane's like, you know, that's not enough anymore. That just isn't, which leads him to his sacrifice, sacrificial move. He's like, I lost myself. Life is more than just staying alive. And mm-hmm. so he literally said that. So <laughs> I think that's definitely one of the overarching scene um, themes of this season. What did you think of the Abby Kane conversation? Yeah, I think it's, I think Abby is stuck too. I think if we're going to talk about characters that are a broken record, I don't think she's a broken record from previous seasons, but I think that she is just saying what all of these characters have been saying for the last four seasons because she doesn't see any other way you know octavia Mm. can't see mercy as a way to live anymore and i don't think abby at this point can see any other way than just surviving it's just what they're used to it's just kind of the excuse Mm -hmm. that they keep using and i think Kane has come to a place where he's tired of using that excuse he's just weary of using that excuse and i think abby i think also partly because she is a junkie now is just kind of stuck in this mode uh what what did you think when it was kind of first hinted at or not really hinted at but kind of shown what's happened to abby as far as um her apparent drug addiction goes well i didn't i actually didn't see it as a drug addiction, I thought, remember the thing in her head um, that they were worried about, which is why we thought she was going to die. It sounds like they found a way to keep her going, to keep her alive. And so she has to take the medicine. That's not how going. I saw it at all. Mm-mm. Because really? she said that she would stop <laughs> taking them. Why? If it was helping her. I think they're like, I think they're well, painkillers. I think she was having migraines and headaches and they're painkillers. And so she cannot physically function without them, not because of the thing that's in her head, but because she's an addict now. Oh, okay. You may be right. Like, I'll have to rewatch it again to kind of, like, mm-hmm. see how they're talking. But Because like, she says, Kane, because that's why she um, stole she it. She said she would stop. Yeah, she said she would stop taking them, but I thought that's because she said they wouldn't have to steal any more medicine, so that way no one would get in trouble again. That's how no, I took it. I think she stole them because she's a junkie. Well, she, she may wasn't be. Supposed, that would add she wasn't supposed to have any more. Maybe she has like a certain mm-hmm. amount she can have, but I don't think she's supposed to have any more. And so she ended up stealing it because she's a junkie and promised that yeah, she would stop taking them see. because they're not. I think she can function. I think that she's supposed to be able to function without them, but because she's addicted. And, you know, she seemed see her maybe she seemed like, really manic, mm-hmm. like her mannerisms. And she seemed like a little bit more frail 
like in the face, yeah. and in her body language. She seems like some, they... she seems really jumpy. So that's that's how I interpret it. I think that's how we're supposed to take that. I think because I think the medicine she was taking before was just for migraines. Whatever they did to help with the alley upgrade kind of thing didn't work for her the same way it worked for Raven or maybe she had a side effect that Raven didn't have I don't know maybe that's something we'll figure out yeah yeah I think it's probably like a combination like she may have needed it at first but then probably Mm -hmm. got addicted to it and so that's probably what happened but then um, also the Kane and Octavia conversation, the mention of everyone's talking about the dark year. Like, don't talk to me about the dark year. Yeah. She got really intense. <laughs> what is... So what do you think of their... What it is it? Yeah. What is it the dark year? Is it a literal dark year? Like, did the lights go yeah. out for a year? Or is it a metaphorical dark year? Ooh, That's maybe both. <laughs> Yeah, because I was wondering about that, like if the lights, that would make complete sense and it would drive people crazy staying in the complete dark. Like they're already underground, which would drive me crazy. But um, but yeah, staying in the dark for the complete year that I don't know. Obviously, we're getting an episode about it. I don't know that for sure. Uh, Yeah. If they're mentioning it, there's going to be a whole episode dedicated to it, right? The we dark can only year. hope. That's the episode title. We're calling it. Yeah. The episode titles <laughs> the episode are the out. The episode titles are out. Um, and oh, I, they are? I okay. read them. I don't remember the dark year being one of them. I would have to look it up. But there's yeah. got to be yeah, an well, episode or at least that. half an episode dedicated to showing us what is this quote unquote dark year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. All right, and then we get to Kane's second battle, or lack thereof, which inevitably <laughs> lack thereof, which we we kind of called that, like we except for we thought it would happen in his first battle, mm-hmm. like we said that he'd be fighting, and then they'd come in, but it was actually the second battle when mm-hmm. that happened, when they broke through the ceiling in the exact right spot. Did yes. you notice that? <laughs> like, yes, of how course. Did they know? It would have to be. Um, <laughs> of course, it was the perfect spot, and I love. <laughs> Octavia, you know, she goes down there. She's like, I'm just going to kill him myself. And Mm. I love, she was just, she looked so awesome. Like, it was going to be horrible and sad if it had happened. But, of course, like, right before she cuts his head off, they do it. Because it's television. Right. So, I love the kind of, (laughs) I just love her body movement. And I love the pose that she kind of has. Like, when she stops suddenly, when, like, the rocks start falling above her. She just looks so cool. And the haircut. Did you notice her hair is shorter? Yeah, it's a little it bit looks harder really to tell. Cool. I very, really like it. Yeah, I she do looks, too. She looks so cool. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's then, always cool. And then, of course, <laughs> Bellamy is the first one to drop down from the ceiling. And you know, the reunion that we've already talked about was that was the best one. It's my favorite one. That one just kind of hit me right in the feels. And everybody's yes. kind of like, what is going on? It's like, we thought yeah. that we were going to be stuck here forever. And now, what is sunlight, you know? Yeah. And then Diaz, it yeah, comes that... down. Oh, mm-hmm. and then the look on Bellamy's face, too. Like, as more yeah. people come down, you know, even Dioza, like, and her crew, as they come down, them kind of looking around and being like... And Clark. What? Like, mm-hmm. what the frick? Like, what is this? And you kind of, 
you noticed that Clark and Bellamy kind of had this expectation that things would be happy and completely fine yeah. and completely calm like it was for them for the last six years. And so they get down there and they're like, what happened here? Clearly things yeah. have gone incredibly sideways. And obviously they don't know any of, you know, they thought they were going to be stuck down there forever. And then, you know, Sky Crew tried to kill everybody. And, you know, they don't know the circumstances. Definitely, mm-hmm. I don't know, it, just kind of the look on yeah. their face and the realization that, like, this is not, this is not what I expected to find down here at all. Yeah, um, and then when Dioso was asking, like, well, how many people do we have to bring up? And Bellamy's like, 1,200, and Octavia's like, 800, and Yeah, it was like 824 or something like that. And Bellamy was like, what the heck? And yeah. um, and also, I thought, I actually really love the scene, um, even though I'm not, Octavia's so cool, but I'm not quite as impressed with her character quite yet this season. I'm interested to see where she goes. But whenever Diosa like, commands everyone, is like, okay, everyone, go get your things. And everyone's just kind of staring at her like, you're not our leader. And then Octavia just gives them a look, like a flick of the eyes, and they all um, obey her. And Diosa <laughs> and McCreary, like, exchange they a scatter. glance. Like, whoa. They're like, who is this girl? She's like, blood she's just this... Yeah. And so I think she's so epic i like the epicness of her character but i do want to see more layers to her <laughs> yeah her and oh i i noted that dioza and octavia almost seem like kindred spirits mm. they kind of seem like two sides of the same coin to me i think that they're gonna yeah. put heads really hard but i think there's more about them that is alike than different and i think maybe we'll Maybe we'll learn more about that, but that's kind of the vibe that I got when I saw them together. And then just kind of like yeah. the look on Dioza's face and Mercury's face when they kind of learn and experience the fact that these people have their own unique culture. You know, they've like created mm-hmm. their own language and they have their own rituals and they have these phrases that they repeat over and over and they have the own their own way that they dress and just kind of this realization that like this is not the same earth <laughs> clearly yeah. that we left behind and they're just kind of like what is this what is this can you imagine like how it probably seems pretty primitive to them mm-hmm. because obviously they came from the near our near future that's what it seemed like they, their weapons were more futuristic and they were obviously in space but closer to our time mm-hmm. than what it was before and so it probably seems very primitive and which you know so they have like a complex where they have to be in charge of everything yeah so, it's like yeah. they landed it's like they landed on an alien planet yeah like, exactly. just a completely different world like you look like humans you sound like humans but we are not at all the same yeah speaking of diosa um we hadn't talked about this yet but they kept bringing up that they needed a doctor mm-hmm. um any theories or thoughts with that i don't know i was wondering if it had anything to do with order 11 that the captain oh, of the I ship had mentioned that. in the log that's kind of i wonder mm-hmm. if it's kind of an after effect of that or if it's something 
that they caught mm. while they were in space. I don't know. Or if it has anything to do with what is going to happen to our characters um, from the promos for next week that we saw. I don't know. Yeah. And also, okay, so it's been six years. Um, is Abby really the only doctor i mean we have right (laughs) i'm like what shouldn't there be more people trained in she couldn't have trained anybody like (laughs) yeah there's no quote-unquote healers i mean she's the only one that has like doctor's credentials or whatever at least the way that dioza and mccreary would call she's the only one that i guess they would recognize as a doctor I guess okay, anybody else yeah. that has more practical experience, like a healer or something like that, they wouldn't really consider to be on the level that they want. But yeah, yeah. you would hope that she would be like training people. Oh, and so kind of on this note of like how few people we have, Shaw yeah. is actually agreeing with me. Well, I mentioned last <laughs> week that it's, they were like, so we're getting towards the end where they're back on the ground so they're getting all these people out and so Shaw and Dioza have kind of figured out a way to take away Bellamy's leverage and then take the valley for themselves mm-hmm. and so they're like okay so we're gonna um basically we're gonna go back up to space um we're gonna basically drop a bomb or something one on the ground and then one in the bunker to get rid of the rest of the cockroaches and Shaw's like so um there's only like 1500 humans left on the face of the earth as far as we know is it really the best idea to kill half of them like seriously shaw is the smartest person in this whole show and i'm like yes exactly there's only like 1500 of us left like we cannot be killing each other or else we're all going to go extinct. Like, that's just the stupidest thing. They don't end up doing it. But I'm just like, yeah. why are we trying to commit mass murder right now? Like, this should be the opposite of what we should want to do. Yeah. <laughs> really. I just... And speaking of, um, yeah, they come out of the bunker. And I love Octavia's reaction. Everyone's reaction that comes out of the bunker to sunlight. Because it hadn't really hit me. Till right then, like, yeah, they were underground for six years. It's It was almost like, um, okay, so it almost parallels Octavia was the first one of the hundred to, mm-hmm. in the very first episode, to step outside, and then she, here she is again, coming out from under the floor. I and, so wanted her to say that line that she says uh, when she gets out yeah, of the drop suit, where she's like, put her back! Like, I yeah. wanted her to say it so bad. Like, it would have been so cheesy. Like, she could have, like, whispered it. Like, we're back, bitches. But, like, <laughs> yeah, that's it would have been so cheesy. But I really wanted her to say it. She didn't. She didn't. They made, you know, they showed, the writers showed restraint. I appreciate that. It was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. But I get it. But I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and then um and then there was actually a bellamy octavia conversation where bellamy's pulling the big brother card and mm. asking her, and they're like in this blown out restaurant that was actually really beautiful did you know that i kept being distracted by the set decoration it was really cool it was yeah it was really neat i was kind of expecting like there to not be any furniture or anything left yeah. but this kind of well-preserved like Pompeii yeah yeah exactly yeah so it was and yeah so Bellamy kind of realizing 
and speaking at least some grounder kind of realizing okay putting two together red queen what is this what's the fighting pit what's mm-hmm. going on he kind of actually verbalizes that wtf moment that he he and clark had when they were down there and she's mm-hmm. like she's absolutely right like you don't know me you don't know anything that's happened six years is a long time yeah Mm. And so they don't really get to finish. He doesn't really get to find out. So we don't really get to find out how things kind of escalated so much because the next thing we know, Diaz is going back on the deal. Mm -hmm. And then we are back in space again with Murphy and Raven playing soccer, which was the most adorable thing ever. And um, they're like actually kids again, even though they're in their 20s now. But uh, (laughs) they... And then as they're playing soccer, the alarms start blaring, and they realize they came to the moment that their conversation was leading up to, probably sooner than they thought. Mm -hmm. And I literally laughed out loud whenever Raven said, pull the lever, and I'm like, Belark season two Uh, (laughs) finale. And and then, uh, of course, Murphy doing what is not the smartest thing for him to do, I guess not really... They would have died, right? That's the consensus, yeah. is that they would have died if they didn't. So All I guess, of like, them. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where it's like, your survival instincts, one, are not only putting you in danger, but kind of like, screw everybody else that's on the ground. Which is like, I understand the necessity <laughs> of it. Like, I want to live, and like, I want you to live too, because I want to keep watching you on more episodes. <laughs> but it's also like... I know we have to just add more ruin everything but you know that move will probably end up saving someone down the line will bring some sort of good I mean something horrible and something good you know something both Mm. but like also I think you had a theory I think before the series started that Raven was going to have something to do with the mining people and while this is a different than probably your original theory like they're stuck up there with these people who are awake and obviously I don't know if they're gonna form some sort of bond or because they had them backing up that's how they ended the um their part of the episode they're backing up from these people headed towards them like something horrible is gonna happen but I don't know. What do you think is going to happen right after that moment? I have no clue. I have no clue. <laughs> I reckon that um, Dioza and her crew are going to end up, because they're going up to Allegis. Like, they're taking their mm-hmm. dropship back up to Allegis. So we saw that at the very end of the episode. I think that they're going to intervene or kind of show up before anything horrible can happen. Um, that would be really not, fast, though. At least nothing yeah. too horrible. Nothing like, like maybe yeah. they're tied up and gagged and, like, beat up. I don't think they're going to be murdered and their entrails dragged all over the hallways or anything. So, I don't know. <laughs> I think that I think that they're going to get interrupted before anything too horrible happens. We'll see. Yeah. But And then Shaw um, and Raven will meet in person. Yeah. Which will be interesting. Yeah, and apparently Shaw is um, the only one who can fly the ship. I know. It's, he's he's indispensable, which is why he can mouth off at Dioza so much and mm-hmm. make himself heard. And obviously he saved them at some point, um, which I don't know if it's because he can pilot or something else, but I don't know. she mentioned that last episode. So. And I guess, I guess he and Raven can bond over their mutual love of flying in 
certain areas. I think he mentioned that he liked yeah. to fly things that were fast. I think he flew jets before. And I'm mm. not sure how, I mean, we all know how much Raven loves zero G. I don't know exactly like yeah. how much she loves flying, but we know that she loves being out in space. So mm-hmm. I guess something, I mean, I don't know if I ship it. I can see, I guess what I'm saying is that I can see it. I can see it happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So haven't we... quite made a decision yet, but yeah. So we get to the end of the episode where, yeah, they, sh- they shoot, um, that was very, which this show is always gruesome, but very gruesome whenever that grounder, like, jumped in front of Octavia and saved her, and Octavia got um, hurt, right, yeah. at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were and like, she sorry got mad about your Bellamy. pretty fountain. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. that was funny. <laughs> yeah. And then she, when she was walking away, and she tells Bellamy, this is all your fault, and I literally... I, gr- I don't know how you felt about that moment, but I groaned. Yeah. Because like... I'm like, she says that all the time. Again, no character development, in my opinion. <laughs> At least on that time. part. Well, and then I also love, like, we really didn't get a whole lot of Clark this episode. Like, really next to nothing mm-hmm. other than her meeting back up with Abby and then her, Abby, and Kane kind of at the end. Um, yeah, but just like the look that like after they realize that everything is going wrong and that they're going to have to go, they're going to have to go to war yeah. again. There's like a <laughs> look that they exchange that just like not this crap again. <laughs> like, yeah, they just look at each the, other and they're just yeah. like, really, really. The again. Balark looks are back. Yeah, it's just, but it's just like this yeah. one was just like communicating so much. Just like, really? <laughs> Yeah. Why do we have to do this again? Like, I thought that we were going to have our half of the valley. But no, no, it's just like, here we go again. Here we go again. Back to back to old times. Yes. And Bellamy, you know, was really against that. Clark, I'm not quite sure where she stands on everything. I think she wants Maddie safe. And, yeah. you know, her people safe, of course. But she's, Maddie's her number one priority, I think. And, mm-hmm. um... I yeah, think... but Bellamy, he was wanting better. He was, Kay- again, Kane and Abby are Bellamy and Clark 2.0. <laughs> and I feel like they're sort of, you know, there are a lot of parallels between a lot of the characters that we're supposed to notice um, with, with what they're saying about the world and about, like, how they're supposed to live. And I feel like Bellamy and Kane are saying very similar things, that there should be more than the killing and the war mm. and everything like that. They want change. Yeah, I think Clark is definitely going to side a lot more with Octavia on this one. Mm-hmm. I think, again, you know, Bellamy this season for once coming from a much more compassionate place and Clark coming from a much more aggressive place. And I think that's something we're going to continue to see. Um, yeah. So we're just about running out of time. So before we sign off for this week, what are some of your predictions for next week, if you have any? Well, I think we'll see the um, the other space crew, because we didn't see them at all this episode. And we'll see them interact, and they'll probably... They're still in the valley, right? So... Um, We'll see. Yeah, they're still in the valley, so they're separated. That was interesting. So Echo and Bellamy are separated right now. Mm-hmm. Bellamy's stuck in that one-horse town, and um, Clark is with him. And so we, we, I feel like we'll get to see more of Clark and Bellamy get to know each other again. 
who they are now without mm-hmm. like the others there and so that'll kind of set the stage for whatever wherever their relationship will go friendship or otherwise or contention um or falling in love you know <laughs> any of that but um <laughs> but uh i'm interested to see what the space crew are up to in the valley and of course um is diosa's people going back to the valley i thought they were going back up again Dioza and her, like, main crew were going back up to the station, to Allegis. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're going to bring their people down. Yeah, that will probably happen. And, of course, Raven and Murphy interacting with all of them. But besides that, I'm not quite... I'm not quite sure about everyone else. What about you? Next week seems, just from the promos... You know, I've been, I was really, really, really wrong about how this episode was going to turn out. I thought we were just going to be in the bunker this week. Um, it seems a little mm-hmm. fillery to me because um, mm-hmm. they've got this like weird thing that's like in people's bodies. Like, I don't, I don't oh, know. That too. Yeah. yeah. So that's, it seems <laughs> kind of like a side quest in a way, but I'm not sure. I, I'm sure, you know, oh. we only have 13 episodes. I'm wondering, obviously they're going to try to use that as something that moves the plot forward they're stuck in kind of the desert as it were and i guess trying to plan what their next move is going to be and then hopefully of course we'll figure out the fate of murphy and raven at least for the you know near future you know the thing that was inside was that a grounder or was that one of dios's men i don't know I couldn't tell. Because I'm wondering if they need a doctor, is some sort of bio something wrong with them? Like, that yeah. that's what's wrong with them? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I couldn't tell. I know in mm-hmm. the promo, it seemed Bellamy was like, it came from the ground. It came from under them. I don't know. We'll find oh. out. <laughs> that's we will. Just a of... short, less than a week. Yeah. That's the beauty of it, is that eventually we'll get to see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. So we may be completely wrong, but... at least we'll find out yes well thanks everybody for sticking around with us and listening to us as we kind of break down each episode of the hundred if you liked this if you enjoyed kind of discussing this with us please like us share us leave a comment we're on soundcloud and we're on itunes so doing those things helps other people discover the show and it lets us know if we're doing a good job um so we'd really like to continue this conversation with you online jessica why don't you tell everybody where they can find us online Okay, well, you can find us on Twitter, and I am also on Instagram. So on Twitter, Krima is at Never Come Monday, and I am J Laurie Writes, J L A U R I E W R I T E S. And on Instagram, I am Jessica Laurie Books. Um, you can find links to all three of these on our main page on SoundCloud. And so you can find us there. And also, we always want to know, definitely tweet us um, any ideas, what you want us to talk about. If you're completely freaking out or excited or upset about a certain plot point, definitely let us know and we'll try to bring it up in some of our podcasts. Yeah, definitely. So thank you, everybody, for listening to The Cinnamon Roll, where we discuss pop culture that is too good, too pure for this world. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.